Even so you would rank seven, you would yeah. rank Pratt number one? Yeah, I mean overall. Yeah. Overall, I mean he he's not the best. Though. I mean Chris Pine is like by far and away the best actor. By far and away, like it's not even. Yeah. Like, it'll be, like, one, then, like, it's, like, Chris Pine number one, then five Chris's, and then, like, Chris Pratt, in terms of acting. You know what I mean? You like, would give Chris Pratt over Hemsworth and Evans? Uh, y- yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't see where, maybe not Hemsworth. I can't, Hemsworth I is a better actor than Pratt. I, well, I can't think of anything Hemsworth's been in, like. Did you not see Ghostbusters? No, I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, welcome to another episode of the Meaning of Podcast. I am Ace. This is RV3. And this is the podcast where we talk about your favorite directors and the deeper meaning within their films. And this episode is going to be a little bit different because yeah. we're doing another TV show. We've done yeah. it before, RV3. We did it for Atlanta. And we actually mentioned, I believe, in that episode that we wanted to do one for Westworld. Yeah. Here it is. Yeah. We're doing Westworld, a TV show that you are intimately close to intimately as in just finished five minutes before getting on this <laughs> microphone uh <laughs> so just saw the finale people. but you're a self-proclaimed expert on am i a self-proclaimed <laughs> expert i asked this dude I, I swear man before the camera started rolling i asked this dude like 11 questions <laughs> I, I couldn't figure out shit for shit uh to be fair it's it's questions that you have to see like the hbo inside the episode kind of thing and yeah. they kind of spill it out for you surprisingly yeah that they actually reveal but the information i think it's almost like an early life of pie situation like are you telling me this whole thing is imaginary again you know like oh geez i don't want to deal with that but. Wait, this is all taken inside anthony hopkins mind this yeah. is all inside ford's mind dude. yeah yeah that's why well, you actually get inside ford's mind in this one too yeah yeah no in i this, thought those parts too. were cool yeah when they go widescreen mm-hmm. that was nice that was good filmmaking mm-hmm. right there uh yeah, we're going to get into Westworld. We're going to get into a little bit of the philosophy of Westworld, a little bit of uh, media that it relates to. Yeah. Um, we'll get into that conversation. And the author of the original Westworld, Michael Crichton. who made the best movie ever, Jurassic Park, I RB3. But we'll talk about what he means to, I, I personally believe, media in general today. Michael Crichton. Uh, but before we do all that, we're going to get into questions from last week. I, I'm sorry, comments from last week on last week's episode, which was on Ang Lee. Yes, the famed uh, Taiwanese-American uh, director. Funny you say that he's a famous director. And one of the first comments we have is Luis Martinez saying, never, never heard of Ang." Never heard. All right. Hey, it's totally fair. That's totally fair. Uh, I think that's fair. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I mean, he's not a household name. Of course, but I don't think we expect uh, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I guess you're right. I think he's a pretty well-known director, but... Yeah. Right. Um, Basis1996 says, Dude, Ace is on point with that Hulk game. Movie wasn't good, but that game was badass. The Hulk game? All right. I rest my case, man. Hey, salute to the Hulk game for being uh, the redeeming factor. Uh, that Hulk game was my childhood, man. <laughs> I could be the Hulk... And he was uh he wasn't Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. But you love Mark Ruffalo's Hulk, right? Uh I think he's good. <laughs> I think I still would have preferred Edward Norton. Okay. Yeah, I think Edward Norton's a better actor than uh than Mark You don't Ruffalo. think you don't think that Bruce Banner is is like the super smart genius that nah, he's actually, to be? you know what? I think Mark Ruffalo is I think I think I like Edward Norton better as an actor, but I think I like Mark Ruffalo as the part sure. more. 
Because I think he does both really better. Yeah. I think Edward Norton did the crazy side of Bruce Banner really well, but he didn't really do the the science-y side. I feel like Mark Ruffalo is the only one who, like, did them both really well. Okay. And I don't know. I mean, Eric Banner didn't do, do anything. Do you feel the science so. side for Mark Ruffalo? Um, I do. I mean, mainly okay. because we saw those scenes in the Avengers where he was, like, cooking up stuff. And, the, and, the, and the la- I mean, we don't see any of those scenes in Infinity War, of course, but this is not really a great, you know. I also love, I also love in Age of Ultron, though, when they finally cook up Vision and they're, like, both, like, Tony Stark and, and, and Hulk are, like, riffing off each other in the lab and then. And Vision comes out, and they have that like whole like mini Civil War like right there. I fucked that part. Hey man, that means you like Age of Ultron. Yeah, I no, I don't really like Age of Ultron either. <laughs> um, but Infinity War does doesn't do the Hulk enough justice. But I think it's all part of the story. So okay. hoping for part two. Hoping for part two. Yeah, because I was gonna say last week. You said you were done with Twitter hot takes. Yeah. And you dropped well, a massive bomb a couple a days take. ago. I don't think that was such a hot take. I don't you think that dropped was such a, a hot bomb, RB3, and I was uh, like, yeah, that's my boy. He's back. Yeah. <laughs> He's back by the controversy. <laughs> <laughs> it was controversial. I didn't think it would be as controversial as it was, man. Hey, I man, thought people agreed. Every morning, a rooster crows. <laughs> and every morning, you can expect a hot take from RB3. Yeah, I don't know. A controversial tweet. I didn't know it was a hot take. I just said, I thought the only. Good Avengers you call the, the Russo brothers stupid? Oh, no, I didn't say that. Wait a minute. I even see. I even. I. I was like, man, if the Russo brothers see this, so I added the Civil War part. My my tweet was, uh, the only good Avengers movie is the first one, and then I followed up by saying Civil War is actually a good Avengers movie too. See, hopefully, if the Russo brothers saw that, hopefully they saw the second part. You know what I mean? Because mm, I agree, Civil War is a great movie. Not if they see our our review of Avengers Infinity War. <laughs> hey, I didn't hate the movie like all that much. You know what I mean? Did yeah, you kind of trashed it? I man. didn't trash it. Well. I think watching it, I re- I rewatched a couple of movies over the past week: Infinity War and uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine a little bit. Um, left equally dissatisfied in both. Oh experiences. come on! I was gonna say you turned you turned it around, man. Oh no! I now you love around. Avengers: Infinity War. No, <laughs> you think it's the best MCU movie ever? You know, I I I I really went back and really thought about it, and damn, nothing really happened in that movie. Like besides like. The snap, you know, like, <laughs> hey, you kidding me? A ton happened in that movie. Yeah, but no character development. You see anybody change from point A to point B in the story? Thor, Thor, maybe Thor. Yeah, he has a, he has a hero's journey story. I don't know if he see? changed necessarily. Yeah, he did. It might have been regressive because you know his, I thought part of the whole lesson from Thor Ragnarok was that he could save the society through the people, not the place. And then, like he, you know, what I mean, like he, I thought his so he's gonna let like, everyone die, not revenge. I don't know, man. Like he seemed really hurt by like all of the fucking. Well, I guess somebody killing your brother and all that stuff will hurt you, but still, you like think that hurts you, man. No, it does. But I mean, like, <laughs> did I, you not see the scene with Rocket where he's basically saying like everyone he's close to is dead? I thought the whole point of Thor Ragnarok was you could beat Thor without the hammer, and then this movie he turns right back around and gets another fucking hammer. You know what I mean? Or axe? You know, like. Yeah, I thought, so that that's that's my point. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I guess, but I feel like Thanos brought in a different wrinkle. No, I get it. I get it. I mean, I I just wish there would have been another movie between Thor Ragnarok and and Infinity War. Yeah, because it picks up Thor Ragnarok. You know how much I love that movie, yeah. and I was so mad those first ten minutes. I was like, what was the point? Yeah, <laughs> in yeah. Infinity War, I was like, you're killing all my favorites. You're killing my Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Um, Because they all did. Um, Well, half. Half of the Asgardians are dead. Um, We'll get into Blade Runner later. um, Oh, yeah. W-L-I or Will-Lee 
says, Hey guys, so glad that you did an episode for Ang Lee. Being Taiwanese myself, it's great to hear your opinions Ooh. on a director from the other side of the world. Ang Lee's films are so different and diverse, and in Taiwan, he is definitely one of the biggest and most respected names that he's, as he helps put the country in the spotlight that not many people are familiar with. Also, just want to say I love the show and listen every single week, especially at work since I work early in the morning cooking. Please don't be discouraged by low views and little comments. This is actually my first time <laughs> commenting as well, but you guys have diehard fans out there. Man, that's such a nice comment. <laughs> thank you. Thank yeah, you. thank you. Yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't really, I don't really, uh, I don't really know how, to, how else to follow that. That's that's amazing. Thank you so much. Actually, you know what? I don't really, I don't really mind that we have low numbers. I love, I love when we get comments like that though. That say like they're diehard fans. You know what I mean? They watch. Yeah. Movie, you know what I mean? I either have two hundred people or three hundred people who like watch, comment. And not comment like necessarily because only like four of y'all comment, but and, like watch every week. I rather have that than like have a big fan base where nobody cares. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah like a Logan Paul fan base. <sighs> man, you see that fight? I did not. See. Are you kidding me? I'm gonna pay for some shit. <laughs> nah, man. I know. I'm joking, man. Of course not. <laughs> then that shit made. Then, then like eighty. What is it, like eight hundred thousand people pay, pay for it? Yep. Ten dollars. Eight hundred thousand people. That's pay eight million dollars. Easy eight million dollars. Are you kidding me? Eight hundred thousand, man. Can you That's imagine the, the ads too? On top of ooh. that, the ticket sales like inside the theater is probably mm-hmm. another million. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have to tell me twice, man. Damn. I mean, Chloe Brennan, uh, Chloe Bennett broke my heart. She <laughs> broke it. It's supposed to be us. Just kidding. Uh-huh. Um, Terry, remember Terry or Terry? Tari? Um, we, You're going too hard on the last week. <laughs> I did it. I was joking. Um, <laughs> but he also comes back with a comeback saying, guys, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I read in his voice, guys, seriously, no. Yeah. Uh, guys, uh, Mamoru Hosuda was just inducted into the Academy. Wow. His newest film premiered at Cannes Film Festival. All of his films are critically acclaimed. Two of his best films, Summer Wars and Girl Who Leaped Through Time, are super sci-fi. His new film is coming out at the end of the year. Anyways, great podcast. He's going right after you. He's going after you. He's going after you. You said you don't know who he is. You said you don't know who he is. Hey, I don't know. I didn't know who he was. I thought he's like, how can you not know this? A critically acclaimed (laughs) Cannes Film Festival director. (laughs) You said he made like romance anime. No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. No, I did not say that. <laughs> you can go back and watch. I said I don't watch romance anime. Oh, uh, okay. Well, that's why you point out the sci-fi thing, right? You point out the sci-fi thing. I guess. I don't know. Hey, man. man. he's going after both of us. He's going after both of us. <laughs> Terry. He's calling us both dumb. Yeah, he's like, t- Terry's basically like, yo, Ace, RB3, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's exactly what he said. Watch next week's comment. He just says that. <laughs> yeah, fuck you. Hey, Terry, you, you totally deserve to comment fuck you for us. Um... Grandmaster Jedi Green Ranger says that's a great name. I think it's great. He's not just the Grandmaster Jedi, but yeah, he's, also he's also the Green, Green Ranger. Ranger. That's like really powerful. Isn't that like Elizabeth's Banks like 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 Legion of Rangers or I don't know. Nah. I don't I don't watch the Power Rangers. Did you see the new Power Rangers? I saw it, yeah. Oh. Ooh. I didn't mind it. Ooh. Except when they they had the Kanye West music in there, I was like, no, I wasn't. That was Kanye. No, they had it in one part. It's like it's the, the song that freaking cops you and Cody always talked uh, about. Clap on the, your hands. Like I can make your hands clap, yeah. clap, clap. <laughs> yeah. That song. Oh. Go go Power Rangers. That movie was not good. Um, either way, that's a powerful homie. If he's a Grandmaster and a Power Ranger. Yeah. Um, um, he yeah. says Ace or RB three. Have you ever seen Yu Yu Hakusho? Oh man. 
Have you RB3? I have not. Fake anime fan. <laughs> Fake anime fan. Yeah, I'm not even, I don't even claim anime fandom. It's too intense for, for me to just be a casual observer, you know? Yeah. I'm an anime casual observer at the moment, but I like to become a fan. I want to become a fan. Uh, I have not seen it as well. I know about it, and I know it's before my time. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's, it's one of the older, older, like early 90s anime that I did not. I was watching Dragon Ball Z oh, okay. and Gundam. Oh, kind of. Um, yeah. Last one, it'll be Alan Partridge who says well, the Hulk we got has this not. Many comments. Hmm? I'm surprised we got this many comments. I know. Yeah, yeah we hey. got a little bit more than hey, usual. Lee, let's go. Yeah, we usually get three or four. Yeah. <laughs> Low views and no comments. <laughs> hey, <that's laughs> like our good friend just said. Hey, um, thank you guys. Though we don't need comments to feel validated. Alan Partridge says the Hulk has not aged well. As an Australian, it pains me to this day watching Eric Bana trying to do an American accent. That took me out of the movie immediately. Yeah, I don't know if I noticed it as much as probably he did, but right, right. I'm not good with keeping up with accents anyway, uh, except when they're like obviously bad, like Idris Elba. Um, I'm thinking about the guys. Um, have you seen videos from Pretty Much It? Oh yeah, 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 Homies, yeah, yeah, yeah. When they did the freaking um, what's that show called? Thirteen Reasons 13 Why. Thirteen Reasons Why. Yeah. And Hannah, the the girl who plays <laughs> Hannah, is Australian, but she's playing an American. Yeah. And there's one scene where it slips out. Um, <laughs> I forget what she says, but they repeat it throughout, <laughs> and they re-say all her lines in, in, with an Australian. Ah, <laughs> oh, I don't really know. I'm just writing all these letters, and you know, the thing's crazy, and and they start doing that every yeah. time Hannah comes on screen. It's so good, man. That's funny. Shout out to pretty much it. I love those guys. Yeah, it's messed up, man. I watched I, I watched Thirteen Reasons Why like oh ironically. my god, that show. That's another one. Yeah, it's not good. Well, <sighs> the first season was kind of good. The second season opened up a lot of uh, doors to things that I thought would have been interesting television. That was controversial or whatever. I did not see the second season. Yeah. I was like, dude, I'm good. Yeah. Only reason I came. I I felt like, man, this is kind of messed up. By episode five, when she's going after the big Asian homie, Mm. I was like, you're going after him because he didn't respond to your love letter like it was so it's like that's kind of a messed up reason mm. to say you're the reason why i died like yo well they, they elaborate <laughs> further on that in the second season. okay i was gonna say that was that to me was like really yeah. i get the freaking final guy i mean of course that guy should die yeah but you're blaming all these people it's like you looked at me bad you're the reason why i died i was like what, what? <laughs> wait yeah, that's, a that's kind of messed up that's if you're crazy. writing letters saying that you're the reason why i died yeah. For someone who's just like dusty one day. No, nah, I I I came back to the second season only because I don't know if you remember in the thirteenth episode of the first season, like it was just a normal fucking episode, and then like the Tyler guy or is his name Tyler, the fucking weird guy, the skinny dude. I don't know. Whatever. Is it the photographer? Homie? The photographer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then like they go into his room, and he's like, and his mom comes in, and is like, "Hey, Tyler, is everything okay?" It's like, "Yeah, everything's perfectly fine." And then she like leaves, and like the camera pans down, and like the music does like, and then it's like. Gigantic pile of guns. I'm like, oh fuck, yo, what the fuck? Is that season two? That was that was the very end of season one. I was like, yo, what? Like, so I was sitting. Oh yeah, that's right. I was sitting on the edge of my seat for the rest of the fucking year, getting ready to watch season two. Like, oh shit, where's it gonna go? Where's it gonna go? Where's it gonna go? You know, and Uh, (laughs) they got you every three. They got me. They hooked you in. Right there. They hooked me in. Hook, line, and sinker. And then. I thought, like, oh, fuck, okay, they got to set up the storyline. And, like, I, I literally sat through the unbearable trash that was season two. Because season two was god-awful. Like. I mean, season one was rough, too, though. I, uh, season, season one had good moments. Good moments, yeah. But that's kind of it. Yeah, season two had nothing, bro. It was all bad. And I was sitting through this trash just waiting for 
see what this dude is gonna blast off with, you know, like. And then they kept they kept hitting at it, they kept hitting at it. There was one episode that started with the whole like content warning, like warning, this is triggering. I'm like, all right, all right, all right, the time is coming, baby. And then they just kind of like skip over it. They don't skip over it, but like it wasn't even that. And then finally, the last episode, they're like, all right, there's a school prom. He's upset. He just got like you know whatever. Is this some Degrassi bullied. Shit? Yeah, he just got super super bullied. And, and like the very last episode is like prom or whatever. And then like he shows up to the school, he rolls up, big AK forty seven. Like, all right, what is this dude's like? What's, what's gonna happen? Like, I'm waiting all thirteen episodes for this fucking bullshit, right? They go outside. Yo, the main dude Clay walks out, and he's like, Tyler, don't do it. Tyler, you're so much better. And then like the police start like coming, and then they just run away, and like nothing happened. Wait, how does I said it end? The they just it just ended. Like, or or you know what? No, no. One of the you remember the the gay homie who was like really like who yeah. drove the fast car. Yeah. Literally, that guy like pulls up out of nowhere. And he's like, Tyler, get in. And like while Tyler's like holding his gun or whatever, and like then like drives and like you know drives him away. Like it was like nothing. It was so anticlimactic, dude. Like. I don't know, like, I don't want to see anybody get shot, like, you know, but, like... But you kind of wanted to see I, some people get shot. Yeah, I just, I'd never, like, there's not a lot of movies that, like, explore that, you know what I sure. mean? So I was like, all right, this, this is going to be different, like, yeah. let's we'll see how their approach is going to be, especially for a fucking teen show like this, you I know? mean, Degrassi, man. I mean, I know that's, that's behind, that's, like, way yeah. old for you, but that's my generation, was Degrassi. Yeah. Um, I, I make people laugh at work um, when I would mention Degrassi storylines that we're going through and it's like how do you know Degrassi so well and I'm like I kind of watched a lot of Degrassi but that's mm. the famous freaking Jimmy <laughs> wheelchair yeah, Jimmy wheelchair Jimmy <laughs> wheelchair Jimmy <laughs> shout out to wheelchair Jimmy hey shout out to Aubrey Drake hey hey yeah, no. but uh yeah I mean they did that in like season four or something like it wasn't like yeah, it was like no big deal. <laughs> Dude, it's like what the That's fuck? That's ahead like, of its time if you think about yeah, it. Degrassi, man. Yeah. Good shit. It was that the next generation or was that the original Degrassi? Uh I think that's next generation. I think the yeah. one that Drake's in is next generation. Yeah, I forget. Yeah. I have no idea. But um, I watched a lot of seasons. That's all I'm gonna say. The, hey, <laughs> you got you got Degrassi, I have Zoe one oh one. That was my shit back Ooh, as a kid. Yeah, that's not <laughs> to <laughs> what I watched. <laughs> hey, man, Zoe one oh one was lit. Are you kidding me? No, Zoe one oh one, man. Speaking of lit, oh, Westworld, wow. RB3 just finished it. Just finished Westworld um, season two. I have questions lined up for you, Mr. RB3. <laughs> I have questions They're for you. Intricate ladies. little details that you have to retell me to so I can verify your Westworld expertise <laughs> claim. <laughs> Zero expertise <laughs> than Westworld people. But either way, guys, Westworld is a fun show because it is one of the deepest, most philosophical, most forefront on its philosophy i believe versus other shows are a little more subtle this one is very much in your face of like look this is philosophy that we're trying to tackle we're trying to tackle very enormous questions on society on humanity on life on creation on death like these are like very very large questions and i personally love giant questions i mean that's one of the reasons why i love prometheus so much is because Prometheus is all about these enormous questions of creation, life, humanity, death. Like, what does it all mean, basically? Um, and what happens when another being takes claim on your creation, right? When you've, you're face-to-face -face with your creator. And that's a, that's a big deal. So this is the reason why we're doing an episode on Westworld. And my first question to you, RB3, wow. is... 
Have you ever began to question the nature of your reality? <laughs> That's a good question, actually. Uh, I've actually thought about that a lot because I remember watching as a very young man watching the Truman Show. And of course, everybody thinks that when you first watch the Truman Show, like, oh wait, what, what my life's so, you know, like you, everybody thinks that for at least like two minutes, you know. Sure. Um, but it did get me wondering, like, what would the possibility of a simulated life? have to look like and ultimately like it would kind of be impossible for that to actually exist because i feel like humans are too complicated and too um and deal with too many personal things and that personal experiences dictate our livelihood to ever let some sort of simulation like truly happen particularly just the chain of events you know what i mean like there's so much bigger than just like one person in the world so i don't think there's like a simulated kind of reality kind of deal you know but some Black Mirror shit. Are you do you watch Black Mirror? I do. Okay. And uh, you know it's funny. I'm in this uh, intro to TV course at USC. The very first day we watched uh, the season three opener of uh, Black Mirror, the one with uh, with uh, not Jessica Chastain. Uh, oh, Bryce Dallas Howard. Bryce Dallas Howard. I just remembered the episode of Jurassic World. <laughs> you cannot get her name. I swear, I even said it to you. I'm like, Bryce Dallas Howard, Jessica Chastain. No, no, no. Bryce Dallas Howard, Jessica Chastain. And I'm like, what? I actually, like, say it back. Say it back, RB3. Hey, and sorry. you're like, just no. Just no. <laughs> Jessica Chastain? Yeah, man. That's just me, man. I don't know. Yeah, but, uh, they don't even look alike at all. <laughs> hey man, you have European eye minds. Um, <laughs> I, I I know we're talking about Westworld. Yeah. What do you think of that episode? Uh, that was a good episode. Okay. I mean, I've always liked it since I've watched it. I've watched you know Black Mirror. Sure. You're actually the first person to recommend Black Mirror. I I to be I know I'm I'm gonna blow my horn or whatever. Yeah. But. I am one of the people who, like, OG Black Mirror, yeah. like, straight up when it was on BBC and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, I was preaching about Black Mirror to you all my were. friends at work. Yeah. I was like, you have to see this show. And funny enough, I got it from another friend. So to mm. be fair, it wasn't like me. It was another friend of mine who recommended it season one. Wow. And they were like, oh, you have to see this show. And that's what got me into it. And then I became the self-proclaimed Black Mirror like flag bearer, mm -hmm. just waving that flag and telling everyone I can to please watch this show. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I even some friends back home in Phoenix, like oh, wow. I would go visit, and they, mm -hmm. they were like, "Oh, what are you watching? Watch Black Mirror. It's so messed up. <laughs> yeah. It'll hurt your soul." Uh, and that's kind of what you want in a Black Mirror episode. Now it's like it's expected that it's gonna cause you to feel really shitty <laughs> right it's funny that is i we have studied i've been in film school for three years um four years technically this is my fourth year uh third year at usc um three different black mirror episodes i've watched in three different film classes <laughs> which ones can i say no bullshit uh the the first the first one was um the san juice lapero or san luis san junipero san junipero san junipero uh, that was for my TV criticism class. Sure. Uh, the other one that we watched was, I think it was the one with uh, uh, Daniel Kaluuya. Uh, that episode, I think we watched it in my race class and gender 15 class. Million Merits. Yeah, that one, exactly. And then this one, Nosedive. With That's, Bryce Howard. if I'm, if I, I have, I have, dude, I'm telling you, like, I was going to make, like, a Black Mirror, like, YouTube channel. Like, that's how obsessed <laughs> I was. But I have, like, rankings and stuff. And right. I even had, I had my homies over, and we had, like, a Black Mirror roundtable discussion. Yeah. Um, and he posted it up on his YouTube channel. 
Um, and all we talked about was just season three, and we went through the episodes because we're all just massive fans. Right. Uh, but I have my rankings, and I think they're like I think rankings are very specific, and I'm like top notch with my rankings. But that's right. my favorite one. Oh, the, the Daniel million? Kaluuya, yeah, fifteen million. Merits. I think you mentioned that too. Yeah, I yeah. Think you mentioned that as soon as I saw that, I was like, "Yo, <laughs> yeah. this is some like next level shit." Yeah. Uh, and honestly, that's kind of how I got into Westworld. Westworld was from another friend of mine who was like, "Oh, oh you're gonna watch this new show, Westworld," um, coming from HBO, and we're on that Game of Thrones you know thirst right. we need a game of thrones well everybody, this was intended to be the that's next exactly game of right yeah this was supposed to replace game of thrones yeah. as their big massive huge temple show mm -hmm. that can garner millions and millions of viewers and lots and lots of money and it costs lots of money because you'll you'll see that production budget with with season two man yeah i mean yeah. that finale was not cheap yeah that was a whole movie right there bro. i remember too because i think I might be wrong, but I don't know if it's for season two or for season one. Back when, shout out to Josh McCuga, uh, TV Talk TV Talk was on Collider. And I remember he mentioned uh, a casting list. I think it was Sinead reading the, it was like, new show, Westworld, coming to, to HBO, <laughs> has a, as a casting list. And the casting list, and, and Josh McCuga was reading it. And he's, and he's like, must be very, very, very okay with nudity, <laughs> with full sex. Like, it was some crazy yeah. shit. And I was like, what is this show? <laughs> right, right. Uh, but sure enough, they do that a lot. They're very okay with that yeah. on this show. But that's kind of how I got into it. I want to hear, what's your first time? What's your encounter? Like, what got you to watch um, the show? Oh, I just I just heard about it. I mean, like, when it came out, it was pretty big. They put a lot of money behind, like, marketing it. Um, and... You know, I always kind of regretted missing the Game of Thrones boat. So I did want to catch, like, one of, like, the premiere series, like, as it was going on. Sure. So I made it a point to, like, all right, this new show, Westworld's coming out. I have to, like, start it from the beginning and, like, keep up, you know? So I made that very clear point, like, from when it premiered. Yeah. Um, yeah, I watched it. And I I always thought it was a good show. I mean, I, I always, I particularly the first season... I thought it was, it, it took me a little while to get into it. Like, I really had a hard time getting through the first episode, mainly mm. because it was, like, it, it was the Western, and then it went immediately to, like, the future thing. To be to and, be fair, yeah, I the the first episode was never what got me into it. Yeah, yeah. It was the second yeah. episode. It was, was the like, second right, and third one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those were the ones that I was like, all right, I'm getting the story. Because it, it introduces a lot of parts, right? It introduces a lot of pieces, and interactions that become way more important later down the line but like it just watching it like just up front it doesn't really you know it didn't really compete with me at least um but i i ended up enjoying the show because of a lot of things that i had to say i'd say some pretty big messages some good sci-fi messages that um for the most part have been picked apart like i i kind of mentioned you know like a lot of sci-fi ideas are Largely unoriginal and inherently just because we've told a lot of stories before already. Similar stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think Westworld was good in differentiating like a new kind of approach to it, right? Like the new idea of the God complex being, uh, you know, being instituted through technology, but in the sense of, oh, what, uh, what if, uh, like, what, like, to what freedoms are we gonna do? Are we, does, you know, our does Ford does our does the Robert Ford character, the the God character, allow the host to live, 
even to the point where they kill him too physically. Like that was, that was a very interesting idea to me. So I vibed with season one, and it took me forever to watch season two. Yeah, I remember because <laughs> that's when two. we did the Atlanta episode. Yeah, and you're like, well, I'm a little behind on season two. And by little means you haven't even started. I started yeah, yeah, and it was already over by that point, right? Like it was pretty much. No, over. it wasn't. I think we it was in the middle of it. I, I was think in the middle episode of episode eight or, or oh, nine okay. was airing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but either way, I remember. So where I work, I hanged out with um, two homies. So we had a like a big office all to ourselves, mm-hmm. um, and there was like a ton of people in there. But they all moved on to different jobs mm. um, at the same time. So for a while, we had this giant office to ourselves. And mm. it's me, uh, my homie Tob, and my homie Rob. And we're like, we're, we're those guys. We're the hyper nerds. Mm. We, we watch movies for fun. We watch, you've met Rob. Right. Like we watch indie movies all the time. And Tom is also like a giant nerd. He's a writer. Mm. Um, and every time we would have show discussions and show theories mm. and one of our show discussions i said this on the episode of atlanta uh was atlanta mm. we would watch atlanta during lunch and then afterwards we would have like atlanta after show with just yeah. us three <laughs> talking about what our favorite moment was or what was the funniest so right. we had that too with westworld uh-huh. and rob was actually the one who got me into it and and legitimately bro I'm, i kid you not episode two he, he, he says, all right, guys, I got to say something because I just got to get it. The, the, the freaking show just started. Mm. Like, it, we, we, episode two. Like, yeah. it just aired the night before. And he's like, I, I got to get this out, guys. But I, I think I think William is the man in black. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like that's a pretty good theory. <laughs> so the whole season, I'm watching it. And I yeah. know the twist. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> because my friend said, this is, this, I think he is the man in black. And I, I'm like, maybe, the, maybe. And then after a while, I'm like, okay, he's right. Yeah. This sucks. I, 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 I wanted to be shocked and surprised, but right. sure enough, I'm like waiting for it. I, I low-key, I caught on to that one pretty early, too. Yeah? Yeah, I caught on to that one pretty early. I didn't like read it anywhere. I just kind of thought like... No, he didn't. I swear, like he was not reading it anywhere. He just mm-hmm. literally was like, I think William is the man in black. And yeah. I'm like, oh, where'd you get that from? And he's like, I, don't, I think this and that. And he was connecting the dots. But for me, I was like when you're so right on a theory that you kind of spoil the show and kind of i was going to talk about that too the fun of the show is theorizing that's some of the fun of the show Mm. and there's shows that do that game of thrones is another show that kind of relies on theorizing where if you don't know the source material right Mm. because book readers can be like well the books but if you just watch the show you can kind of see where is this going and you can make up theories because it's magic and obviously, you don't know that much about Game of Thrones, but there's right. magic involved and stuff. So, you know, successions of but, but now the bloodlines. The books don't exist anymore, right? Like, that's right. So They've been off the books just... for a while. Oh, okay. For a while, yeah. But they still make callbacks to the books uh, um, yeah. and bring it, introduce it to the new season. Like something that happens in the books, like in season one, comes is going to come back in season seven. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So like little references, they make callbacks to it. But... Um, Attack on Titan is another example of a show that it kind of relies, if you're not on the source material, because the manga is way ahead. Mm. Um, and if you don't read the manga, part of it is theorizing what's going to happen. Where do the Titans come from? What's going on? You know, what is Eren's dad planning? All that stuff is part of what makes this show fun, right? I don't know about you, but that's fun to me. I love yeah. theorizing on what's William is he a host who's not a host what's going on is that his daughter is that not his daughter like those kind of questions make the show 
that's part of the community aspect of the show. And, and personally, I love that aspect. And that's why I would go to a lot of YouTube videos mm-hmm. um, and watch like Game of Thrones, not Game of Thrones, I'm sorry, uh, Westworld after shows right. where they just broke it down with like really nerdy dudes and girls mm-hmm. would just go, go over and over it. So for yeah. me, I think that's, I don't know about you, but I think that makes it really fun. Yeah, that was the fun for me in, in season one. I, I remember I used to watch all the after shows on, on What the Flick, you know, that channel. Uh, they did they did after shows for all of the Westworld episodes, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is that the Matt Atchity one? Matt Atchity. Okay. Yeah, Alfonso Durade uh, uh, and uh, yeah, yeah. Mine um, was uh, shout out to mine was Gamespot Universe. Gamespot Universe. Yeah, they're yeah. British homies. They're clutch. Yeah. Clutch. New Rock Stars also is one that New Rock Stars is great. They didn't do like after I don't think every episode, but like at the end of each season, they're like timeline explained post credit scene explained you know yeah um so i didn't even watch the new ones for <laughs> season two <laughs> because i just finished it like five minutes ago um but i would be happy to give fuller understanding because through that because i literally bro like that's kind of my one of my things of it's not a complaint towards worst world it's just my own personal like not being able to keep up is like i have a really hard time keeping up with oh what's this timeline that timeline when does this take place like to me like i really don't like to think about those things as I'm watching a show. I just kind of want to be in the experience. And Coming then, from the fan of Dunkirk, though. Yeah, from Dun- well, see, but like even Dunkirk. See, that's interesting you bring that up because Dunkirk, I think, is a movie. If you don't understand the time thing, is not really going to affect the experience. You know what I mean? Like if you watch, if you just follow these, and they're all individual stories to a certain extent, right? Like they're all individual. So if you just track each individual storyline just as it's presented, it's a totally amazing story in and of itself you know forget you know if you don't take if you take the time out of it with Westworld it's almost a little too difficult for me because like you have to know where things take place or if you don't know you're just asking questions that ultimately you're feeling unfulfilled with for a lot of the show that's all season one though that's all that's a lot of season one but I for me like I definitely it was very clear to me that there was a delineation between the men in black and William, you know, like I always thought it was funny that those two were never in the same like kind of kind of kind of space together. So I already assumed there's two timelines there. So I was a little clearly more able to follow which which storyline, which timeline A and timeline B where that's kind of taking place. So I was able to like mentally keep up, but even that's like an exercise, you know what I mean? Like yeah, that's like a chore in and of itself. And I don't know if I really want to do chores when I'm watching TV. Um, that's all westworld man. <laughs> that's all westworld that's literally what westworld uh, is especially season two yeah now season two is where i was like all right i don't i can't keep up with the timeline shit like i just can't so. that's that's an interesting i love it i love being <laughs> challenged um when i'm watching something yeah no i love being challenged too i, I love like me- mentally bringing up stuff that maybe i don't get it right away i think it's fine as far as the storytellers are trying to tell you something from the start but you won't catch up because they're giving you little nuggets of information because it's all about information I, I, obviously i want to always go back to attack on titan but i'm really containing myself right now rb3 because <laughs> that's literally the whole purpose of attack on titan right. is giving you little information every episode and it can be the most frustrating thing ever but that's kind of where i get my passion for it so much is because it, it, it goes it's almost meta with the theme of it like the the giving information and and giving you knowledge is all is so much part of the show, but it's also a part of the audience. And watching this show, you're it, it comments on society of how society is always based on 
giving you information and knowledge of what's actually going on. Self-awareness, right? Mm -hmm. That's why theories of, that's why there's conspiracy theorists of the government, right? Because everything is not, what are you truly aware of as far as what the government is doing? And that's why so many conspiracy theories exist because they feel like they're not self-aware of what's going on and they want to be. So they kind of cling to crazy out there theories. Um, and that's the same thing that happens in Attack on Titan where the government is telling you one thing, but what if you question that and you're not self-aware? And that's like the whole theme of Westworld because yeah, self-awareness self is consciousness. And that's mm -hmm. what they're trying to debate as far as are these hosts conscious? Are they beings? Obviously, they're not people, but they're beings. Right. Um, and those are the type of questions that we've seen in other media and other film and TV, yeah. specifically from Blade Runner. The Blade Runner Twenty Three. <laughs> okay, so it is. I, I. So this is where this is where. So I was on HBO this weekend, right? Watching Westworld as in preparation for the show. See Blade Runner Twenty Four. I already knew Blade Runner Twenty Four when I was on, uh, uh, on on HBO. I watched it before on HBO, like or I tried to watch it again. Uh, but this time, this time I took note because I was like, All right, I'm really just. I'm gonna clear the air. I'm gonna forget all like pretenses, pre notions going into this movie. I'm just gonna forget like I ever saw it. I'm gonna try and experience it again as like a whole new thing, right? Um, because I do, even though like as much as I criticize it, I do think there are some good parts of it. I think there are some moments that I genuinely think are brilliant pieces of filmmaking. I think there are some ideas that they present. You know, I don't know if they follow up on them necessarily, but some ideas that they present of, you know, like, of do you need do you need eyes to have vision right like that was one of the, one more striking things that happened with me when I was watching it in theaters was the whole Jared Leto I mean as those little cameras following him around like what's the definition of vision are you if you're born with vision does that mean you still perceive the world in the same way as through lenses right or through like not seeing at all like what's your you know that was one of the more interesting things so I thought okay maybe they have more of that I just didn't catch it so anyway okay I'm watching the movie turn it on right boom. Tech starts. I already check out uh, because when the I remember watching the text in the theater and immediately getting worried like uh oh like because it's all about it's all about oh robot revolution is building up. I'm like all right like don't get carried away like just make Blade Runner first. All right, so that was all right. That was like sign. That was like sign. That was like warning sign number one. But I was like all right, forget it. I'm just gonna keep it chugging through. Right. Uh, so then Ryan Gosling gets to the little farm that Dave Bautista is like farming his little magus on or whatever. Right. I remember watching the scene in theaters too, and I didn't hold this against the movie because I saw it in 3D. So that scene is very darkly photographed. So it very, it very much hurt my eyes in theaters. I never held that against the movie. I just like I never thought of that scene as like a good scene because I like my eyes were just straining through the entire thing watching the theaters. But I never criticized the movie for that. Watching that, watching that again, watching that at home on HBO was delightful. The lighting was great. The cinematography was great in that moment uh, with Roger Jenkins. Roger Deakins, I'm sorry. Roger Deakins, you know, lighting the set. Very, very new. I, my, one of my main criticisms was that I don't think they leaned into the noir element enough. I thought that scene was very noir-esque. So that was dope. All right, that scene is dope. All right, he goes into the car. The little drone is looking under the cave, under the tree and sees, like, the grave digged up. All right, that's a dope scene, too. He goes back to L.A., to the LAPD. He's flying in through the city. Great scene. Boom. We have like three scenes that are like great so far. He he sits down and he does like the little interview thing with the little computer thing. Boom. That's an amazing scene. I always love that scene. I've always loved that scene. Uh, boom. Amazing scene. Boom. That's like five. And he talks to Robin Wright. Boom. Five like great scenes back to back to back. I'm really heating up. 
all right, this is a great movie so far. All right, maybe maybe I was wrong. You know, maybe I'll accept this L, you know. Then he goes back to his apartment, and we meet the computer girlfriend. Oh, boy. <laughs> What's her name? Uh, Joy. 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 Uh, oh, that's where I asked for it. That's where the movie takes a big hit for me, man. That's where the movie is the that's to me that to me is the defining turning point of where I think this movie went so right and went so left all of a sudden, you know? It fed in this whole other storyline that I think and again, like trying to rewatch it again and uh granted I shouldn't even build up this big rewatching because I only really got thirty minutes deep into it because the computer girlfriend scene has just killed me too much. But like I really do think that if you cut all of the computer girlfriend scenes out it's the exact same movie. It's the exact same movie. I really do think that. Besides when uh, 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 the bad lady like steps on his remote and you know like he's like hurt by that. Like beyond that, it's the exact same movie. It has no relevance to the plot whatsoever. It's a whole sub theme that is kind of related to the main theme, but not really. I just it like what like what's the point? And plus, we had her already, so her is like already a great movie. I don't know why we need to remake her with Blade Runner. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, anyway, the computer girlfriend scenes, I'm over it. We meet the Mackenzie Davis character, right? The girl who's like, wants to lead this rebellion. I'm already like, not feeling that anyway, so I'm not really... Yeah, so, overall, Ace, I'm still disappointed in Blade Runner. Come on, I'm still disappointed. All these wrong opinions that are coming into my ears. And you know what? And, you know, and watching the, the opening scene with the Dave Batista farm scene again, like, what I think... I really resonated with me is even though like it strained my eyes a little bit in theaters, it was my first time recognizing in the theaters and also my first time recognizing like when I watched it again on home video is that Denny Villeneuve was not really trying to make a Blade Runner movie to begin with anyway, right? Like the whole idea of Blade Runner and the whole idea of really Scott's vision of Blade Runner is like everything is crowded, everything is cramped, everything is like compact space on a visual standpoint. Like you you can't have a, a centimeter in that in the original movie that doesn't have some sort of line or crink it or edge or something. You know what I mean? Because it's all packed and filled. That opening scene is very open space, very wide open. I think that's what the movie is, a very wide open movie, very empty movie. Um, and just feels so different from the original that I just can't really vibe with it. But Dang, man. Come on. Yeah, I don't know. Man. Her name is Love, by the way. Love? That's the girl. That's the girlfriend's name. But no, the, no, no, no. Joy is is the girlfriend's name, like you just said. Love uh, is the bad girl, Jared Leto's uh, okay. assistant. Yeah, yeah. She was dope. She and then was I, super. Dope. I even think I think I think if you cut out the computer girlfriend thing and then made love like a computer simulation of some sort, I think you could have gotten the exact same message across equally as effective, if not more effective, to me. And then, and then have Jerry Leto's character face the loss instead of Ryan Gosling. Because Ryan Gosling is already dealing with his own personal storyline of discovering if he's human or not. Like, I don't know why he has to... Why does he have to have two uh, existential journeys? Like, what the, what the, what the fuck because is this? Because it's like? two times better than the first one. <laughs> Fuck out of here, man. No, but for real, let's go back to the first one. Because yeah. what, what, I feel like this movie... 
influenced a lot, and a lot of people give credit to this movie as far as the first Westworld movie or first Blade Runner. The first Blade, Blade, Blade Runner, Runner, yes, giving yeah. credit to this movie for basically creating the cyberpunk genre. Cyberpunk, absolutely, yeah. Uh, and, and we talked about it a little bit on our James Cameron episode. Yeah, and it, and it's basic. It's based on the book from what's his name? The short story from um, Philip Philip K. K. Dick. Dick? Yeah. Is it okay? It's do androids dream of electric sheep, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it pretty much opens the door. I feel like this door has probably been tackled before in sci-fi in some way, whether it be a novel or whether it be some sort of TV show that we may have missed. Right. Oh, well. But for me, Blade Runner is the one that kind of kicked things off because Blade Runner is before um, Ghost in the Shell. Yeah. Um, what do you think about the influence of Blade Runner on something like Westworld? Um, I think that's the biggest, That's at least where I think it draws some of the biggest inspiration from outside of the original source material that it's based on. But I think the whole idea of uh, what does creation mean? Does If you're a creation of something, can you have a soul? Can you have a body? You know, do you, or, you know, you have a body, obviously, but are you something within? You know, I think that's where Ghost in the Shell comes into the play, too, right? The whole idea of Ghost in the Shell is, are you, is there a soul inside of, uh, inside of a body um, that's created? And I think that's where... Westworld really comes into play, but I think Westworld kind of subverts what Blade Runner's idea is, right? Because Blade Runner is, I think the end result of Blade Runner is saying, okay, you can still be a creation or you can also still be human. Like, they're not mutually mutually exclusive. Um, But I think what Westworld says kind of flips that and saying you could be both human and an android or, or a robot or whatever, and you could still be part of some program. You could, you're still part of this overall arcing code um, kind of deal. And I think that was the biggest pre- uh, uh, revelation for me uh, in watching season one, and moreover in watching season two, because I think season two really doubled down on the idea of you know if you know ro- you know computers go by or robots go by this thing of programming, right? They're programmed to do things. Um, but somebody had to do programming. The programming was Ford, right? And he is their programming, their God figure per se. Like, and with humans, humans don't, you know, whether you believe in any sort of religion or or whatever, um, you're still, you're still to some extent designed to be, to uh, react to certain ways to things based on the experiences that you were put through. So you're kind of almost programmed to a certain extent as well by life, by reality, to by the world. You know, some would say, religious folks would say, by God, right? Like, you have been programmed by the events that God has put in front of your life to react to the things that you do, to feel the way that you feel. So that's, I think that's where uh, Blade Runner, Blade Runner is like, both could be, you know, both humans and robots could represent free thought. I think Westworld takes a more postmodern approach to it, a more, you know, more 2018 approach to it is to where... And a more sadistic view, uh, to say the least, is, you know, that both robots and humans are both programmed and engineered anyway. So, yeah, <laughs> I think that's where that's where I find the biggest, you know, resemblance for me. But uh, what about you, though, Ace? Blade Runner? Yeah, I mean, but Blade Runner has a has a massive influence as well as Ghost in the Shell. Obviously, I've been a very massive fan of the anime, but everyone the movie is great because it introduces all these giant concepts but I'm telling you, man, that TV series, that show, the anime series, Ghost in the Shell, Standalone Complex, mm. is, I, I, I think someone was asking what was the greatest anime or what is the greatest anime of all time. I would put it up there because what it does is it takes that, 
idea, that concept of what we're talking about right now mm -hmm. in a world of like a um, androids and going inside and switching bodies and stuff that, um, what's that show on the one that I was talking about last week? Uh, Altered Carbon. Altered Carbon, yeah. They talk about that a lot too, a little bit in Westworld too, about immortality and what happens. Um, and they just take it times 10. They talk about it, what it means in the corporate level, what it means on a, on a, on an ethics level, what it means. And it's just incredible. I highly recommend watching it. It's only two seasons, but it's one of the greatest animes again of all time. You think if the movie would have adapted that instead of the original movie, you think it would have been better? What do you mean? Like if the live action, uh, Scarlett Johansson movie adapted the TV show instead of the... That's the thing about the t about that movie. It does both. Oh, okay. And that's why it doesn't really work. Oh, okay. Because they, they were like, which one should we do? And they were just like, let's put them both in there. So there's literally things from the anime that I was like, that's from the from the anime. And I'm like, that's from the movie. That's from the... They literally were just putting scenes from different, the anime and the movie. I've Because I've never seen the Scarlett Johansson movie, but... I, I've seen those videos of like the side by sides of like the anime versus the live action. It's like shot for shot. Yep. For some scenes. D that's the whole movie. Yeah. To be honest, I, I, I even talked about it on my Instagram when it, when it first came out of the movie. The movie isn't necessarily even a movie. The movie is just a tribute to the Ghost in the Shell genre in general. It's, mm. it's, it's a tribute to the manga. It's a tribute to the series. And it's a tribute to the movie that came out. The first movie that came out. It's all just scenes. It's all just, and that's kind of why it didn't work because it's mm -hmm. all like, remember this, remember that, remember this, remember that, remember this, remember that. Like, did you watch the anime? Yeah. If you watch the movie, yeah. Like, it's all, and you, like you said, it's just panel for panel, similar stuff that we've seen before, and it's all just one giant, like, Ghost in the Shell's cool. Look how it looks in live action. That's essentially what the movie is. Yeah. yeah. But either way, I feel like that's one of the deepest, most philosophical shows of all time is go through the shell standalone complex. Mm. But for me, I'm interested too, because altered carbon is another one, obviously that tackles this. But the thing about Westworld and what you were saying about reality and what you were saying about what season two is kind of doubling down on is the question of does free will even exist mm -hmm. as far as humans go? Not even, not even right. androids, not even hosts, but right. humans. Mm -hmm doesn't argue three <laughs> um yeah i mean or are we hum humans just programmed mathematically scientifically not even on a religious scale on a scientific big bang evolutionary basis to follow customs and to follow drives that right. are essentially made to keep us alive survival and to avoid suffering which is a big question of are you conscious or not? And you're basically a host. There is no such thing as free will. You're basically a mathematical equation that yeah. follows the same paths over and over again. Yeah, I mean, I'll be a really fucked up reality if we lived in that one. I mean, I, I don't think... I mean, clearly the show's position is that there's no free will. Sure. Free will doesn't exist. That's the show's position. Uh, I think free will is totally a human thing that we have. I just don't think we like practice it enough, you know. You know what's funny, man? Uh, full disclosure: we're shooting on a Monday. Last yeah. night I was in church. Yeah. This is the stuff we were talking about in church. Oh, really? I'm not. This is why I like my church, man, and that's yeah. why I love my pastor because Scientology or yeah, it's the Church of Scientology. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Cruise was there. <laughs> he was slamming down that Scientology Bible. 
which is just Battlestar. What is that movie called? <laughs> I have no idea, man. I have no idea. I have no idea. No. Imagine if Tom Cruise is just listening at home, like having the perfectly good podcast. Like, man, these guys are really smart. And then we just throw the side of Tom Cruise. Like, <laughs> yeah, you love Mission Impossible Fallout. Man, I love Fallout, man. Hey. Fallout is the best, best action movie of the year. But, um, no, it's not. But, no, it's a Christian church there. Oh, yeah. Um, but my pastor was talking about these things. And I was like, how ironic that this is what he's talking about. Because he was talking about religion itself and just mm. the, the, the idea of um, evolution, Big Bang, scientific questions that people associate with. This is why I love my church. Again, I'll say mm-hmm. it again. Because this is the stuff we don't, it's taboo to talk about in church. I know you've been in church. This is the stuff you don't talk about. Yeah. But he was talking about how people relate so much with intelligence and being smart and being dumb and how christianity has that stigma of like christian people are dumb Mm -hmm. because they believe in this stuff and he was like what what if we spin it on its head and what if we we do agree with scientific terms and we do agree with stuff that happened scientifically but we relate it all to god and that god created something and if if we don't believe in this then you probably also don't believe in what god entails which is creativity and free will so if we truly believe there is a god then we must also truly believe there is free will if we don't if we choose not to believe in god then that free will this westworld pessimistic point of view is the one that we would take and that's kind of the choice we have to make is do we want to live a life of pessimism that we want to say nah it's not real or do we want to be a little bit more optimistic and say it's real because god made it so these Mm. are questions of religion which plays a huge hand in westworld in general i mean all the stuff that's religious in this movie i mean in this show is very in your face <laughs> as far as creation. And I think that comes all credit to Michael Creighton because these are the questions that Michael Creighton was bringing up in his book and in the best Steven Spielberg movie of all time, Jurassic Park. <laughs> and that's one of the things I said on the Collider video when we were ranking those movies. Everyone blames Perry. They're like, Perry rigged it. And I was like, I rigged it. <laughs> I went in the voting system. No, I, can't. I didn't do that. But, but uh, because, me out of that one, because this is the reason why. I said it. I said it on the video that this is what Michael Creighton was trying to get to, and this is what Steven Spielberg scratched the surface of. Obviously, he didn't dive deeper inside of it, but the idea of playing God and being God to right. nature, like what does that entail? And what happens when a guy attempts to play the position of God when it comes to nature? And does nature respond in specific mm-hmm, ways? Mm-hmm. And that's the famous life finds a way question. Uh, line that says in the movie and that's right. why dress part so good because <laughs> hey, oh. it does both it's an action movie and it has philosophical questions it's great right. action you're right you're right no it's good it's a good movie it's a good movie <laughs> also has a part where you know uh, uh, they're scooping through dinosaur shit so i mean <laughs> hey, man, that's a part of life hey this that's life of life yeah yo did you see the track list they put out for the new live action lion king movie no oh dude is it good there's like three just like beyonce songs in there bro mm. yeah is nah, she doing the whole thing yeah she's uh yeah she's uh childish gambino and beyonce yeah nah imagine that imagine ludwig our boy ludwig oh is he ludwig. is he doing it i don't know i don't oh. know but imagine if he did though if imagine he did all right i'm 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 there because he I'm did the black in. panther the african ship yeah. for that one yeah um but no uh i have no idea but speaking of uh but yeah i mean that's what the whole lion king uh is the creatures right the creatures are being brought to life i don't know how i was, I was trying to do a good transition from i was gonna king say what to, okay jurassic park 
this is the bringing of creatures to life. But but don't you but find that that's, that's a similar that's thing? The same, yeah, that's what I was with Westworld. Say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fact that it's kind of the same story in a way. In a way that yeah. that it's a park. Same thing as Westworld. Right. <laughs> a park. Right. You know, Michael Creighton has a thing for parks. Right. But uh, well, it's but consumerism, right? Like, consumerism, it's, it's right? Like, yeah. How and, we're gonna sell? How we sell out our <laughs> our creationist like <laughs> beliefs? And in, in all credit to Jonathan and. Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy, shout out to Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy, who adapt that movie and story mm-hmm. and make it something more with a TV show, doubling down on philosophy that is being brought up in the show itself. Right. And, you know, the, the original movie came out in 1973. Um, it was directed by Michael Crichton, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken, as well. And um, they had a future, uh, not future, they had a sequel called Future World. Future World? Also come out after uh, do you think we're going to see the future world kind of... St- I mean, I don't, I don't know. That's exactly... You finish season two. That's where they're going, yeah, essentially, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. It has to be. Yeah. Is is, is the, the concept of future world. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it kind of does spoil, spoil season three is mm. the, the movie. If you watch the movie, you're like, this is kind of what's going to happen. Oh, really? I so think so. You watch the movie? The, the, ga- the GameSpot universe guys that I followed and uh, girls uh. Um, were saying that's... They, they think that's where it's going right 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 the future I mean, world I, movie. I can totally see that yeah i wonder if the original because i didn't see the original michael Crichton movie but mm-hmm. what if the original movie do you know if the original movie has shogun world and, and oh Godzilla? i don't know but that's yeah. a, that's a part of the, like the actual story oh, I, really? I know they're okay. like as far as a book or something i feel like that's that was a part of it if you ask specifically me, shogun world yeah nah if you still ask me a show it still should have been called east world West World, East World. But what do you do with Safari Land? Safari, Safari World. Which what time? Season two. Safari? You saw season two. But they were in. Uh, they're in India. Yeah, India or India World. India World. I, mean, I don't I, know what. What do you call was that? Was that East World? I called it Safari World, and a lot of people had different names for it. But there's like an official name. I forget what I it have is. No idea. But I was like Safari World. They should have called the Native American Land. You know, like Chief Land, like Chief World. You know. West World, East World, Chief That's World. That's racist, RB3. <laughs> Is that racist? You like Redskins too? <laughs> hey, wait, wait, wait. Wait a minute. I ain't saying that. I ain't saying that. Uh, also, I also do not support the NFL. I do not watch oh, any NFL Are you games. not watching any NFL games no, this season? No, I am not. I am, really? I mean, I mean, I'm on the official boycott this season, everybody. I'm like... I'm like so deep into hard knocks right now. It's not even funny. <laughs> hey, I Cleveland love it. Browns, man. Cleveland, Cleveland Browns. Browns. I still watch Baker hard Mayfield. Knocks. I watch hard knocks. I watch everything. I, I might even play Madden. Goddamn, maybe. I don't know. That's that's a little. I don't know because uh, they fucked up the song. But uh, I will not be watching NFL until they stop trying to censor. Uh, you know the protest of. Uh, Colin That's Kaepernick. not gonna happen, man. Uh, I want to see if when, as soon as Colin Kaepernick gets rehired by the NFL, I'll go back and watch a game. <laughs> That's not happening. Um, anyways, that's part of the theme in the show is what Michael Creighton is introducing as far as playing God. But there's also different themes of the show. Um, some of the ones I have written down here, we talked about consciousness and what happens mm. when you realize that artificial intelligence is actually conscious. One of the rules of consciousness is suffering and whether you have the ability to not just realize that you're in pain and feel pain, but realize what pain does to you. And that's another theme that is being brought up in the show, right? Because the whole thing is like, it's okay to torture these people because they're not people. It's okay Mm -hmm. to torture these things because they're just things. They don't have memories. There's no consequences. Yeah. And the consequences is what basically William is trying to 
figure out the man in black um we talked about reality a little bit at the beginning but i want to talk a little bit about the reality in the sense of what we're living in now especially la man i'm telling you la i don't know maybe because i'm a pe- I, i'm a realist i'm not a pessimist <laughs> but it's gonna sound like i'm a pessimist in about five minutes <laughs> because i came to la man and i'm telling you this stuff and you've lived here your whole life yeah this stuff is a different level man it's yeah. all about not who you are but what the image that you portray that's yeah. la that's an, the entire city Everybody's is, is, is is people pretending to be someone they're not and pretending to be whether it's pretending to be important pretending to be caring for the pretending people, to be rich pretending to pretending to be rich pretending to hate on things that they don't actually hate on like <laughs> trump sucks and it's like i don't i'm just saying that because everyone else is saying it. like yeah. it's all just twitter facebook instagram looking a certain way and portraying it and then talking to other people who are higher than you on a spectrum in order to appear more important than other people and putting down people who are below you because they're below you and you don't want to be associated with people that are below you. That's real. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, man, I've been to LA parties. This is some shady ass shit, bro. And you really feel like, wait a minute, why isn't that person just ignored me and went over there? Oh, it's because I'm just a PA. <laughs> and they're, that person is like the manager of this person. It's like you have to be associated with people who are higher up than you because that's the perceived notion that you want to get to especially in actors but i feel like even in like directors and writers and stuff like that it's all about a fake reality yeah just all fake i'm legit serious about it no i don't know if you agree with me but for me i'm like this is crazy and you know it's crazy man you really i don't know if you you watch that show bojack horseman no you got to watch bojack horseman because i think you would really love that show because i definitely that show is all about the fakeness of people and i think that show is probably the most accurate like la like show like no bullshit because it's all about people who are hey uh like just stunning you know what i mean like just trying to trying to act like they are friends with you when you're hot but if you're like not cool or anything like you just don't even get talked to like, you don't even get looked at you know like i think that's the biggest part of of i think that's the biggest part of la and i think that's that's a big part of of the whole idea of our societal norms right how we um how we kind of want to fit into the mode that everybody around us is set because you see other people being successful doing it you know you want to do it yourself that way too um and i think that's what what's what is to a certain extent right that's why they have the all those scenes of the questioning, right? The 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 uh, fatality, uh, testing, fidelity, fidelity, yeah. yeah, yeah. How every every one of those is a kind of an indicator. Okay, this person's a host. This person's a host. This person's being trained, and I thought it was pretty mind blowing. In season two, when we realized that Bernard was actually being trained and created by Dolores this this entire time, um, that was very fascinating to me because that tells me that. You know, because we when we see those scenes before with William doing it to his father-in-law, uh, the father-in-law was unsuccessful because it was a human, or at least I think is a human at that point, right? William testing a a uh, testing a a a host, the host per se, but you know, trying to bring somebody back to life, um, and it not working. But then when Dolores is doing the questioning to Bernard, Bernard, you know, for the most part for twenty years has been perfectly fine. Uh, throughout this entire process, um, so it's just fascinating to me that like the the robot does the better programming to the um, human replicating host 
than the human does to the human replicating host. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I feel like this this show also brings up questions about our future. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I've I've felt this way for a long time, especially because I'm on Twitter a little bit, right. not not, little not as bit. much as you. But <laughs> I'm no, stepping I'm up. I'm stepping <laughs> up. <laughs> but but for me, I I I really take into account. And I might be reading too much into it, but I don't feel like I am into account the personas that people put on Twitter Um, and whether that be people with 10 followers or people with 10,000 followers or more is the the idea of even even an image to represent yourself. Like, what is your Twitter profile picture? What is your and how many people on Twitter, RB3, as someone who's been on Twitter, have don't put their face on their profile picture? I find that so interesting. They put like an anime character or this person that they like or and i'm i've always find that to be a, not not off-putting or or anything like that but i find that to be a very strong decision i feel like you don't you don't just say i don't want to not put my face on this platform where i just talk trash about people and you choose like a character that you really love whether it's a star wars character or an anime character and then the other people who put like glamorous images of themselves and then whatever they say as far as what they're tweeting out and the brand that they're going for, because it's all a brand as what you're trying to portray yourself to be. I personally feel like the future is going to dive a little bit even more into that because it's all about avatar. It's all about mm. who you claim to be. This is who I am. The person I am is cool. He likes this. He likes that. He claims this and he doesn't make stupid mistakes. Whereas in reality, you're making a ton of mistakes and you make a lot of stupid decisions, and some of the stuff you like, you don't really like. I don't know. That, to me, is like on the forefront of L.A. That's all L.A. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. Twitter in real life. <laughs> right, right, right. So I don't know if you feel that way about um, in a different form of reality, not necessarily living in a, in a world where we're being tested and mm-hmm. seeing if we're host or human, but in a world where what's the difference mm-hmm. we're not going to be able to tell the difference mm-hmm. as far as what's real and what's not based on a note of hu- human society right. talking to other people but only talking about certain conversations that are predetermined based on what they feel you will like and you know and i think that is one of the biggest indications of where we are as a society today because i feel like we're just so caught up in that headspace right now um you know, we've all kind of adapted to our own kind of like little niches of what we're going to consume anyway. Like if, you know, if we're looking politically, like it's, it, it just comes down to the channels that people watch. Right. If you're a Republican, you're going to watch Fox. If you're a Democrat, if you're a corporate Democrat, you're probably going to watch like CNN or, or NBC or whatever. Um, if you're someone more like me or someone who is a little more far in the other direction, you're going to go for a more independent outlets, right? Like YouTube, for example, right? Like I follow very, like I, I personally follow very extreme left channels. Um, but then, you know, a lot of people follow the, the, the strange, like Alex Jones of the, <laughs> of the right. Right. But then again, now, now that we're caught up in these, in our own little bubbles, now people are calling for Alex Jones to be censored because, uh, you know, people are calling for Alex Jones to be censored because a lot of things he says are fake. But at the same time, are you okay with censoring somebody uh, who's at the fringe? Like, what if they come for? What if they come for the channels I watch? You know, what if they come for the leftist channels, the people who believe in and Medicare for all, the people who believe in you know taxing the rich or whatever? And then, but they, you know, if you watch Fox News, they're going to look at those channels and be like, "You guys are doing nothing but pointing conspiracy theories out anyway." You know, so 
It's the same shit. Like, but to be fair, that's not why Alex Jones got banned and censored. It was because of what he was saying about the school shootings being actors, right? And how right, people right, right. people well, actually saying- would go to these houses of these kids and scream in their faces and in their parents' faces, right? And right, go insane right. because Alex Jones kind of told him to do that. No, I mean, hey, he's he's an asshole. I don't think. I, do you think that's justifiable in like taking down his whole channel though? Don't you think just taking down those videos would be just enough? Here, here's here's my here's my here's what I've because I've seen this debate a lot on different news outlets as far as on internet news outlets because I also do YouTube raw. Mm. I personally feel like if you really go through YouTube, there's way worse channels than Alex Jones. Yeah, way worse. Yeah. So I personally feel like it's because his platform is so big, but it's not necessarily. His content that is so outrageous that people are so uh, hung up on, basically. Because I feel like there's other channels that say some even crazier shit. And it's really hardcore. And I feel like that that should be banned yeah. when, when you're telling people to go kill people and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, because of what they believe. Versus Alex Jones, I feel like it's a little bit more tricky, right? Because the argument for for banning him is saying that this is an organization. I, I, they can ban you if he wants. He can still go on his website and post right. all his stuff because that's free. But then, don't you? I, I, do, I definitely don't want to see any of these social media tycoons <laughs> be responsible for it, the kind of news that I take in. You know what I mean? Like, I definitely don't. I don't trust Mark Zuckerberg to be the guy who decides what's fake news or not. Yeah. You think I trust that motherfucker? I love the social network. You think I trust that dude to make good decisions? No, I don't. So, uh, I don't. I don't think so. I don't. I don't want any. Uh, to me, if if the plat, if it's an open platform, it should just remain as open as possible. Of course, ban the people who are making threats and ban the people who are doing bad things. Um, for me, like I just don't feel okay because I feel like if we're gonna start censoring him the same way, I mean, the James Gunn situation almost is a parallel situation in the other direction, right? Like he was essentially censored as a political weapon too, to a certain extent. Now, do I agree with do I agree with him being fired? That's another conversation that I don't want to have, you know. But the the point <laughs> the point of the matter is he was it was it was them pointing at his past. Same way some people point at Alex Jones' past. I just don't think pan- banning is a good but thing. But do you feel like past, it's not really past. It's now. It's Alex Jones now. Yeah. It's not well, what, he's, he's what he's said. is what he's saying. Was the, well, those, the videos that he got sued for were in 2013. But, like, I definitely, like, I don't want, like, if, if he says something that's legitimately fake or legitimately spreading some piece of propaganda that's incorrect, ban him. Or not ban him, but ban that video, you know? Or... But if he is criticizing uh, the uh, the president or the government or the public, it's the same way that leftist groups are going to criticize Trump if, if Alex Jones criticizes Obama in, the, in some sort of type of way, too. So as long as it's not fake information, I don't want fake information to be spread, but I also don't think... Because really, like, if you read, you know, Fahrenheit 451 is my favorite book of all time. And if you read that book, the whole idea of that book is that Society got to a point where we just kept censoring each other so much that they just outright censored everything. Like, they're not going to let us get any information because we decided to impose self-censorship. And I think, like, when we're banning entire channels, that's definitely airing into uh, a section of, of self-censorship sure. that I, I get a little worried about. Yeah, I, I can get on board with that. I, I, I just personally feel like I've seen some gnarly shit on YouTube that I feel mm-hmm. like, man... 
YouTube should get on this. Yeah, no, they should. They like, should. like they there's should. some stuff that's way worse than Alex Jones yeah. that people are up in arms about. But then, you know, you got to be worried about YouTube, too, because they're going to keep fucking shit up, like, with the monetization and stuff like that, too, so. Yeah, that's the truth. Oh, you just never know. RB3's preaching. Hey, that's just my opinion, but... How did we get from Westworld to that? <laughs> My bad for it. <laughs> My bad for just straying off into nothing, yeah. Um, let's get into something that I feel like it's important in Westworld, also important in other shows, um, and that is the idea of wealth. Oh yeah, the that's 1%. the idea of the one percenters. That's yeah. the idea of who gets to decide what society becomes. Because if we really think about it. The people who are able to go to these parks, the people that will be able to upload consciousness and replicate and be, themselves and, and replicate themselves and become immortal, which is what altered carbon is about. It's literally all about immortality and how only the one percenters get to be immortal, mm -hmm. which means that their dominion over society is all powerful, godlike, basically. They're playing God to the fullest extent where they're immortal and they firmly press their boot against lower income people. Mm -hmm. And the people who will eventually rule the world in an iron fist type of way is the one percenters, the super mm -hmm. filthy rich people who can do these. Who can afford 30, what do they say, $40,000 a day for Westworld? <laughs> $40,000 a day to pay to go to that park? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. But but that's that's the big question, right? Is what happens to a society that worships rich people so much to the point that technology is going to give them such a massive advantage that the 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 income gap is is going to skyrocket. It's it's going to be a next level because of the benefits of technology, right? Because right. technology can help more people, but it can also just help one type of person too. Yeah. And if that kind of power is given to who can afford it, it's only going to be super filthy rich people who are ruling over society. Right. I mean, it's the same world we're living in right now too, right? Like, That's the exact same world we're living in. People who are in the top 1% can afford the best medicine, the best technology to live as long as they you know so please but and give future generations their future generations the same thing right right it's right, the idea right. of where you come from right mm -hmm. where it's like my kids are going to be filthy rich do this stuff and be all this and and basically rule the world too when i'm dead right, right? that's their way of becoming immortal i guess right, right that's their right, way right, of it it's right. their children and even i mean i don't know if you heard you remember that, i don't know if you heard that whole thing with arnold schwarzenegger he said he wants to like freeze himself like, yeah, when he died. I heard that. <laughs> go for it. <laughs> yeah, go for it. See, he's trying that. He's he's going for the immoral, immoral play, uh, too. But I definitely think if there was technology out there, like in portrayed in Westworld, there would definitely be the rich one percent motherfuckers who are, <laughs> who are really getting in and trying to make you know, uh, make make themselves live to to be a hundred or hundred and ten or hundred and twenty or live forever if they could and program themselves into a android body or, or robot body or whatever you know mm -hmm. um so i definitely think that's i definitely think that's that's big and relevant and i think it's also relevant that these are one percenters going into the park going and interacting with people who are in westworld where i think westworld in of itself is supposed to represent like poor people like essentially right not poor people but in a time where not money money wasn't as accessible in the 1800s where like shit was just dirt cheap 
and like people were just kind of peasants, you know what I mean? <laughs> in these like little cities. So it's just it's just interesting to me. But then I also think it's it's a commentary on uh I think the show also has like a little tinge of commentary towards our treatment of Native Americans too, right? And how the rich and the you know, maybe not even just the rich, but the the privileged back in those days uh ran the Native Americans off their land and, and the same thing we see in the season two of Westworld where there was episode eight that we focused completely on the Native American character. Um, I can't pronounce his name to, to save my life. I don't even um, know his name. So Yeah, I think, I don't know if it was the title of the episode, but uh, like they, how, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, when they played the Nirvana song. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was that dope. Was nice. That was nice. Um, but you, but like in that story, it's all, a, in that whole episode is about how this dude had a perfectly peaceful village all to himself until the man, right, the, the, the Ford comes in, tears that whole society apart and turns you know, literally pro- reprograms these uh, the Native Americans to be savages and to be the antagonist of these cowboys, right? Um, and how it has that commentary on that. But I think it has a sense of optimism where at least at the end where they have the whole thing with the promised land and people going over. It's funny that the, the first people to the new land are the Native Americans. That's true. Same way and what actually happened in history, not the way they want to portray Chris Columbus and all this stuff, but... Yeah, no. That's, that's true. That's, that's, that's good, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you see that the window even closes after they, uh, after they get. So they're going to be there for a while. They're probably going to harvest that land, and then some more imperialist in future future world is going to come in and hunt them. Yeah. You know, so that's the imperial way. But that's the whole, America. But that's the whole thing. That, I mean, even I don't want to keep drifting off in different concepts, but like even when they go into the whole like mental wipe thing, like that's kind of an idea of afterlife for the robots you know consciousness too, host right? heaven host heaven yeah it's a certain host heaven i like that i like that a lot uh but it's just it's just funny how we are so in, induced in this idea of religion and i'm a religious person but how we are so enthralled with religion that we actually program a heaven for the host to where their beings and their consciousness could live on forever and ever supposedly um well i mean that's also san junipero yeah, that right? too. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the idea of of the perception of reality of what heaven is mm-hmm. in itself. I've had conversations about that. I'm a weird dude, so I have conversations about um, people who don't necessarily believe in uh, not just God, but just the supernatural in general. Mm-hmm. And I've talked about how people can't how I mean dimensions is essentially what I've and I've talked to my dad about it a lot. How dimensions can really open the door literally mm. to different concepts that you might have been like heaven's not real mm. what if there is a heaven and it's like a different dimension and, oh, wow. and shit is lit <laughs> oh, wow. Imagine that. you see what i'm saying like yeah. the, the 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 definitions of heaven of hell um great show buffy the vampire slayer gets into that too mm-hmm. where 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 when she dies she goes to uh a different realm a, a realm that is meant for different beings and these beings and when i say beings i mean like extraterrestrial beings but like these beings have this home and it's it's a it's a paradise like wow type of home yeah or a hell dimension being like living in mustafar on, <laughs> on like in star wars right. and you're stuck with darth vader like that's gotta suck <laughs> mm-hmm. but i'm saying like di- dimensions open up different avenues and that's also the thing in westworld where it's like is it real if I'm 
mentally consciously here and i perceive my body to be in here as well or is it fake and that's the whole dolores thing making a decision when she was trying to you know blow him up anyways yeah uh, because it wasn't real her definition of real was like what is real though yeah as poor teddy ended up being the bad side of that that's right right? like she changed him manipulated him that's right him overly aggressive and just totally ruined Teddy, man. Like, yeah. Teddy was my favorite. R.I.P. Teddy. Teddy was my favorite, man. He was just a nice, upright, humble guy. Then fucking Dolores had to go in and <laughs> make yeah. him his asshole. But even head. when he ma- she made him an asshole, he still stuck to his yeah to his, his guts. That's yeah, what's that's what's up with Teddy, man. That's that's some hardcore shit, man. Also, R.I.P. to the writer, too. The writer guy who was like the right, they had right. Oh, he went out dope though. Yeah, he, he went, went out, out really he good. Went out he went out dope. He went out he dope, dope, man. He was my favorite character besides from Teddy. Uh, I was going to say my favorite character and someone who I am deeply in love with RB3. Mm. And I can't lie if I'm being really honest because deep down inside, I think a lot of things. But every time I would see her, I'd be like, man, that's a beautiful girl right there. I love this woman right now. Oh, I just want to marry this girl. And Elsie? she's not even into me. It was Elsie. Yeah, I knew it. 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 How'd you know? I, 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 we've done this podcast long enough, so I could tell. <laughs> How'd you know? I just know, man. I just know. You Elsie didn't go for Danny Newton. You didn't go for, for the Loras. You I went know. after Elsie. I know it's Elsie, man. I know Elsie. As soon as Elsie like, spoke, I was like, oh, this is Ace's <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh man i swear i love elsie man i she think did. she's great she and and i was definitely into elsie even though she would not be into me rb3 hey she was a good looking she was a good looking lady yeah right yeah right um yeah Damn, that's every, yeah everybody everybody croaked in that season by the way spoiler alert too if you haven't watched oh yeah i'm sure they, they would people. assume um, by this point but my, my favorite character is probably bernard, bernard. one thing i definitely want to say about the cast is a shout out to Ben Barnes, Ooh. who's only usually in season one for the most part. Oh right, he's but the Luke, right? That's Lucas. right, uh, Logan. 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 Um, so Ben Barnes, um, for anyone who doesn't watch Westworld and just watches The Punisher, have you seen The Punisher yet? The Netflix one? Mm-hmm. No. He plays Billy Russo in that show. Oh really? And I said he's one of the best villains that Netflix has has made yet. Mm. One of the best. I would uh-huh. rank him probably up there with uh, Kilgrave. Mm. But but. Uh, one of my I said I said on on Twitter that they were like man he's a real asshole in, in the Punisher and I'm like you haven't seen Westworld oh, yeah, man he's an asshole in Westworld yeah <laughs> I was gonna say in the Punisher he like kills people he chops people's heads off he's super messed up yeah. but he's still not as bad as Logan <laughs> yeah, yeah. like Logan is like you're like man chill <laughs> you could totally see how william became the man in black just from being with just for hanging out with yeah. logan <laughs> i was like this guy's a dick <laughs> holy shit which by by the way i do want to pose a question to you because the man in black when we first meet the man in black when we first meet him he's a abuser a rapist uh a murderer a murderer uh of innocent of children innocent people yeah and multiple people uh Yet we have to find some sort of redemption in his character. Is that do we are we are we supposed to uh, like what's the line that we're supposed to forgive this character if he's especially if he's a character? Imagine if this was a real person. Are we supposed to empathize with that even more? You know, that's those are the type of questions that I think HBO shows love to do because that's all Game of Thrones, Mm. all Game of Thrones. I I told you before we went on air that I've been rewatching all of Game of Thrones, Mm -hmm. and honestly, man, I just can't. I just 
Tywin Lannister is one of the most he's done some despicable ass shit almost pure evil type shit in Game of Thrones mm. and yet I freaking love him man yeah. <laughs> it's kind of that question right of like stuff when we see on whether it be TV shows or movies characters that we're following along and they do messed up shit and then you're supposed to also follow their positive stuff and the cool shit they do like that's the big question am i supposed to root for this character i think they purposely do that so you kind of make a choice for yourself as far as do i want to root for this character or not that's what game of thrones always does and game of thrones will show you a scene of a guy killing someone killing like an innocent person and then the next time they're helping your favorite character do something really nice so you're like oh <laughs> i don't know what to do mm-hmm. because it questions your concept of ethics within yourself with fictional characters because <laughs> right, 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 right. it's a fictional story right. so even then you're like who cares but at the same time it's a bigger question for yourself, I guess, right? As far as like who you root for and who you don't root for in a fictional story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How about you, RB3? Um, well, I, I think I'm more forgiving of general people just in general, like, you know, of real life people. Uh, but that being said, I don't know where I stand on the man in black necessarily because I don't know if he ever really fully redeemed for the things that he's done in the context of that show. Sure. Especially... I think towards the end, he just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. Okay. Here's, here's my question to you. I feel like in society and in TV shows and stuff like that, mm-hmm. we get the concept of worse or it could be worse type of things that make us question, that make us more forgiving towards people who've shown negativity, right? Mm-hmm. That's what Game of Thrones does as well with characters like Joffrey and Ramsay Bolton, where they're basically like, that guy's kind of messed up, but he's not torturing little kids and chopping off their like we 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 start to forgive more people who do bad deeds and to do and to do evil things to like pure evil characters right Mm -hmm. and that's what's happening now in society with politics and the republican party and the passing of john mccain it's just crazy how he's he's passed away he's dead now and he's almost a democratic candidate now as how as how much love he's getting right i I don't know about you but on social media i see like yeah because the reason why and it's like all these super left people saying this stuff and when you think about it it's like well it's because they're comparing him to what we currently have and when you compare this you're like well like even with george bush like the type of people who love george bush now and yeah, it's like, yeah. man, you guys were hating on him. Uh, yeah, and all of a yeah. sudden, it's like, well, Trump's 10 times worse than Bush. Trump is he's like... He's not. He's not. Trump's it, not 10 times worse than but Bush. But this people. is what I'm saying. Yeah. What's happening as far as what society is saying right. is okay right. and what society is saying is not okay. Because now that we have someone like Trump in the White House, all of a sudden, all the other Republicans get compared to him and all the other previous presidents get compared to him. And everyone says, well... Reagan was actually kind of cool. <laughs> Bush was a homie, though. <laughs> like, they're saying stuff yeah, like that. Right, right, right. And that's what happens in a show like Westworld, a show like Game of Thrones, right. where you meet a character that does bad shit, and you're like, I don't like that guy. But then you meet someone way worse, and you're like, all right, I'm rooting for you. Right, right. Because that guy's even worse, and I hate that guy. Right. I think that's what Logan is in this show with William, right? Like, mm-hmm. you stand William next to, <laughs> next to Logan. And especially for me, like... Like I said, I thought I thought the whole thing with the man in black and William was pretty early on. So like seeing the asshole that Logan is and seeing William being this nice, well hearted guy who means well, 
I, I can see how that can be kind of molded and sh- and shaped into into what into what the man in black would become. Um, I don't think there's any characters that are really worse than the man in black in the show, though. Uh, no, you're right. Yeah, but maybe you know, maybe Logan. Right, right. But you, besides Logan, but you know, also I think that we also love the man in black because he's so badass. You know what I mean? <laughs> because he's just a violent gruesome murder doesn't give a shit doesn't give a shit well that's the exact same reason why i love tywin lannister tywin lannister isn't he's kind of a he's basically the villain of the show of game of thrones and he does messed up stuff to really nice innocent people but at the same time i personally forgive it because i'm like yo he's a badass though he's he's dope he doesn't give a shit Mm -hmm. like he just goes ham Mm -hmm. and i love him for that and it's crazy how we relate badassery for lack of a better term to positivity mm-hmm. to coolness that never leaves whether you're on the right or whether you're on the left you're just still kind of like yo that guy's cool i'm rooting for that guy because he can do cool shit with a gun or because he's cool with a knife or because he murders people in a certain way mm-hmm. i don't know why it always relates to violence when it comes to american audiences but hey, it does these violent delights come to violent ends look at the freaking hype for john wick 3 man oh yes. yeah right yeah. right are you excited for john wick 3 I'm super excited for i'm john super wick excited 3. for john wick 3 and guess what we're excited to see john wick just shoot a shoot bunch of people, people in the head and kicking people ki- kicking butt yeah. and murdering people that's what we're excited for mm-hmm. i'm super excited and I'm, for I'm, I'm i'm on board man yeah. i'm like hell yeah shoot a bunch of people yeah. um it's kind of ironic though that that's that in a way that's villainy right but yet we don't relate to it because we yeah. put like a, a soft puppy story imagine if <laughs> if the story of john wick was told from the perspective of one of the henchmen right the where he just gets he's like trying to like help his family out of poverty <laughs> he's got his mom living with him and his mom is like really broke and he just takes this job uh, yeah. and he's like, man, I don't want to hurt anyone, yeah. but I have to defend myself. Yeah. And John Wick just blasts <laughs> him And John Wick just blasts his head that's, off. That's the end of the movie right there. <laughs> that's kind of the yeah. point though, yeah. right? Is we're rooting for the type of people who hurt other people. Yeah, I think that's the meta commentary that this show is all about too because it's all about how people go into the escapism, right? Go into this amusement park for the sake of itching their, their violence and their their sexual desires scratching their itch scratch, scratching their itch what, what did i say itching their <laughs> itch. jesus christ uh, scratching their itch for violence and for sex and all and you know i love that it represents that especially when we go back about the wealth conversation about the 1% right how they exuberate that not through video games not through most normal shit that people do but actually literally going to an amusement park and killing people as if they're in the old west you know yeah um and it's, a, and it's an interesting point as far as not just how society views certain things too, right? Mm-hmm. We don't want to be so public about our desires that we may feel like someone else is going to think that's really weird or someone else is going right. to think that's messed up. So I don't want to proclaim it versus me where I see a girl like Elsie and I'm like, I got to proclaim that shit. <laughs> <laughs> now, I got to proclaim my love. Now, what'd you think of William's storyline in season two when it comes to his daughter and, and, uh, and his wife that passed away? I well, mean, that's also the question of, 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 of fatherly figures and motherly figures, right? I mean, right. we see it in the beginning of the intro with the mother holding the baby mm-hmm. as far as Thanny Newton's character too. is like with what Maeve, yeah. Maeve, as mm-hmm. far as what happens when you're caring for someone that you're supposed to care for like a daughter Mm -hmm. and we see the difference between Maeve's character and William's character Mm -hmm. as far Mm -hmm. as you know he thinks he's a human and she knows she's a host who's more human in that scenario 
mm-hmm. Maeve, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. She's showing the most human qualities, whereas William is showing well, unhuman, yeah. inhuman qualities. And, you know, when you leave Maeve at the end of season one, it almost seems like she has, like, this raw, like, animalistic kind of thing to her. But I think what this season two did really well is give her the opportunities to show her more compassionate sides, right? Like when she has the whole storyline and Shogun world and she sees like kind of the mirror image of herself and her daughter, she grows a little bit more humanity, a little bit more of a heart. Uh, she develops a little more uh, empathy for uh, the writer guy. You know, I can never remember his name, but yeah. I mean, so I think I think she grows. She grows. And I think the show purposely shows uh, Maeve growing more as a human, whereas william growing as a program as a cog in a machine even to the point where he's so convinced he's part of this simulation that he shoots his own daughter yep wow yep and that's what's going to happen in the continuing seasons i guess all we can do now is see what season three is going to take us but at the end we see the teaser at the end i don't know the post credit scene is william waking up in the distant future and realizing that he's not just stuck in a psychological mental loop but in a physical loop Mm. as far as physically being put through that over and over and over again so i'm curious where it's gonna go but yeah i wanted to give a shout out to rinko kikuchi um the japanese girl she's also in pacific rim she's Uh, also in is she in this show uh no she plays the japanese girl the the mave oh really yeah she's the one who does the crazy chopping head off after remember that scene when they're dancing and then she chops the head off Uh uh like just scoops it all around (laughs) like it's ice cream whoop (laughs) there goes the head and shout out to wu-tang wu-tang yeah they they play that song in a japanese style yeah and i was like oh shit (laughs) i love this show for using the modern music right because that's so that's that's the thing that's one of the things that took me out of ready player one is like people <laughs> wouldn't be making reference like making references to like some old ass shit they'd be making references to like wu-tang radiohead nirvana like that's the type of shit like that's gonna be way that's gonna be oldies mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. the future mm-hmm. like why would we play like some crazy 50 song then by then no one's gonna listen to it mm-hmm. so I love that they do that because in a way that's like, yo, that's a throwback. Those are the timeless. Throw, yeah, throwback yeah, that yeah. Nirvana song. That's a throwback. Yeah. And, and that's how it's going to be in the future. Mm-hmm. That's how music works. Right. right. So I, I, I don't know. I dig this show. I love it quite a bit. I, I dig I know, it too. I know you had issues with the finale. Well, um, yeah, not issues. It just, I definitely. Questions that you didn't get answered? Well, not just questions. I, I personally just like a little more fulfillment. fulfillment in, sure. And a lot of this did fulfill me. Like I did. Like most of the questions I had were like very satisfying. I was very happy that I had the answers to most of these questions. I just wish that, like, I I really hope that in season three they somehow explain that like I just didn't watch a whole fucking dream sequence. You know what I mean? Like that'll be my only thing. You know? (laughs) They release YouTube videos on on uh, on their official page, like little shorts and videos that you missed. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know. It's also, like, it's not, like, a big problem, but kind of the question that I've always had about this show that never really fully got answered, especially in season two, is the idea of them replicating so many aspects and ideas of human life in terms of, like, sex and violence. Like, but the show never really goes deep into the interpersonal stuff, like, the conflicts inside of like one's daily life, like how would they be, how would that be approached in Westworld? 
and that's the bigger question when they talk about oh we're collecting people's like metadata and we're like you know we're getting a better sense of humanity but to me my my always my question has been how can you get a full sense and full picture of reality for uh for an environment that's so purely predicated on sex and violence like there's more to that but i just don't think the show necessarily shows that enough nor necessarily i think they should because already a lot of story happening sure (laughs) uh that's just one of the little 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 tickers that's always like scratch you know it's always like scratch my it's one of the itches that's always been scratching you know i I feel like season three is gonna get (laughs) that's one of my itching and itching yeah yeah, yeah. um i feel like season three is gonna be talking about the corporate world Oh, and okay. infiltration in the corporate world because okay. that's what ghost in the shell does and it's oh, so oh. freaking cool okay. so ghost in the shell introduces the concept of ghost hacking right the idea of like if i can hack inside a computer and you're basically a computer now because mm-hmm. you're all basically mechanical and you're a robot essentially mm-hmm. you have a robot body but your consciousness is uploading inside this robot body what happens if hackers can now hack inside you and take control of you and take it's called ghost hacking and actually hack into you since you're now fully you know a robot you're fully android so your your body isn't you and what happens is in in the show is like in in a in a in a world that's being introduced like that you were saying oh it's going to be like taking over some guy's body and shoot someone or but what actually happens is they just hacked the highest one percenters people people on the lower spectrum hacked that one percenters the super filthy rich people that basically control the world mm-hmm. and take over their corporate actions mm-hmm. and take over big big business investments even even invest in war or or against war or invest in banning refugees or these are like the shit that is brought up in in standalone complex close in the show mm-hmm. and it's so freaking cool mm-hmm. cuz you find out like that's so, that's so true like if you can really go inside you then I would just pick the highest dude. I'd pick the homies that are way high. So I feel like they're going to do that in the concept of Hale being on the board for that company, mm. and, and it's not really Hale. You know, mm. it, it's being uh, whoever Dolores put in there, yeah. taking over that role of like, I'm Hale, I'm a corporate person. It might who, be Dolores herself. Could be Dolores herself, that's right. And, and it's one of those things of like, what position of power is she going to put herself in in order to influence the world as we now see it mm-hmm. hey man I'm, I'm i'm here for it hopefully there's no better uh corporate cyberpunk show than mr robot so i don't know that's right that's mr robot that's a yeah, good point yeah 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 i'm hoping that maybe maybe sam ismo joins uh joins west Coast season season was it season three or whatever season know. three uh yeah no hoping for mr robot to come back strong too because that's hey. one of my favorite shows mr robot all right, that is our episode on Westworld, guys. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Hopefully you guys got a kick out of it. Let us know who is your favorite character from Westworld in the comments down below. And are you as in love with Elsie as I am? I don't think you are. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, she distracted me so much in every episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also got to say, too, please uh, support uh, my film, Artists of Venice. This is the last week to vote. I don't know if they, they, might, they might have announced the winners by the time this is released, but whatever, I don't care. Yeah, still vote down below in the link. Uh, please vote and then it's, it's the very top link and you never know because we have uh, been climbing the ranks in terms of votes we've been doing really well in votes uh, we're one of the most popular documentaries at the moment maybe we can get to number one if you keep spamming 
that motherfucker. I know everybody on iTunes, yo. iTunes, we get at least like 15,000 sometimes, maybe. Uh, listeners, if every one of y'all voted, we'd be easily number one. So please, get some number one. There you go, guys. Go vote for RB3. And all 300 YouTube viewers, too, watch this. <laughs> Our low views and small comments. <laughs> Short comments. All right, guys. For the Meaning Enough podcast, we are peacing out. Peace out, guys.